Um, since I didn't preach here last week, I got two sermons planned today. I do. You can look in your bulletin. There's part one and part two. Now, before you head to the exit doors, okay, um, let me just say what, I, what, what our thoughts are, what our what my plans are. We're going to look at two different texts of Scripture that go very much hand in hand with one another, and we'll make a few comments. And in between those two, we're going to sing a song that has great relevance for us uh, this morning as well. We've been talking about renewal over the last few weeks and how at times renewal can be hard work. We even called the sermon series Boot Camp for Renewal in this sense that it's not necessarily militaristic, but it's just this idea that sometimes renewal, whatever form of renewal you're looking for, is tough work. If it's exercise, if it has something to do with with becoming healthier, sometimes that's not always easy. Uh, Maybe if it's a marriage boot camp or whatever it may be. So sometimes this idea of, of renewal is not always as easy as we would like for it to be. Every believer is for renewal in the abstract. It sounds like a good thing. All of us want to be renewed, Uh, but it's often, it's a wonderful concept, but the reality of the day-to-day life in reference to being renewed is often tough work. I'm gonna propose a question to you this morning, and it's a question that may at some time have been said of you, or it may be a question that you have said of someone that you dearly love that has gotten off track that you wish would get back on track. Uh, We may have said this or heard someone say, they're going to have to hit a dead end, or have you ever heard this? They're going to have to hit a dead end before things are ever going to get better. Was that ever said about you in your younger years? Or maybe you said it about your children, or maybe sometimes your grandchildren. We say this to someone who's usually, again, making poor decisions, someone who's usually going down a path in life where they're only looking out for number one. A central theme of today's message is in order for renewal to take place, sometimes death must also take place. What needs to die in your life and in mine for us to experience the renewal that God would have for us? It may be death to a habit. It may be it's death to a way of thinking or maybe a current outlook. But this morning, we're going to look to Ezekiel uh, chapter 37, and I want to invite you, it's not going to be on your slides this morning, and I did that very intentionally. What I would like for you to do is you can go ahead and be turning there. If you can find a pew Bible or you want to look for it in your own Bible, in a pew Bible, it's on page 747. We will not be looking at it on the screens today, but I want you to follow along with me in just a moment as I read. But in our text today... Israel was at the low point in their history. Nebuchadnezzar and Babylon had come in about 597 BC, and we know of the total annihilation of Jerusalem. And at that time, they took many captive or all of Israel captive, and it is into this captivity that we find the words of Ezekiel, the prophet, and the priest. He uses allegories, he uses parables, he uses visions, And many symbolic images, both he speaks of the future and he also speaks of the current condition of the nation of Israel in the here and in the now. In Ezekiel 37, verses 1 through 14, again, it's found on page 747 in the Pew Bible. And I invite you to follow along and let the Lord speak to us as I read. Ezekiel 37, 1 through 14. The hand of the Lord was upon me. And he brought me out by the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley. And it was full of bones. He led me around them and behold, there were many upon the valley and lo, they were very dry. And he said to me, son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, thou knowest. Again, he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. And Ezekiel's 
prophecies had often been directed to people as deaf as these old dry bones. In verse five, thus says the Lord God to these bones, behold, I will cause breath to enter you and you shall live. Now keep your finger there and let me just make a comment. This word translated is also, breath is also translated wind. It's also translated spirit. And in Hebrew, it's the ruach. And I'm not sure if I'm saying that right. Somebody else may can correct me. But in Genesis 2, 7, the scripture tells us when God breathed into man breath of life, that moment man became a living being. As we talk about renewal, the breath of God is essential for renewal to take place, for regeneration or rebirth. Now back in verse 6. I will lay sinews upon you and will cause flesh to come upon you and will cover you with skin and put breath, there it is again, in you and you shall live and you shall know that I am the Lord. Verse seven, so I prophesied as I was commanded and as I prophesied there was a noise and behold a rattling of the bones came together, bone to its bone. And as I looked, there were sinews on them and flesh had come upon them and skin had covered them, but there was no breath in them. And then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy son of man and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me and the breath of God came into them and they lived and they stood upon their feet an exceedingly great host. Some translations say army. Then he said to me, son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say our bones are dried up and our hope is lost. We are clean cut off. You ever felt like that? No hope. Verse 12, therefore prophesy and say to them, thus says the Lord God, behold, I will come upon your graves and raise you from your graves. O my people, I will bring you home into the land of Israel and you shall know that I am the Lord. When I open your graves and raise you forth from your graves, O my people, I will put my spirit within you and you shall live and I will place you in your own land and then you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken. I have done it, says the Lord. Amen. May God add his blessing to the reading and preaching of his word. The bones symbolize the whole house of Israel and the thrust of this passage is the symbolism that the breath of God can live where death is present. We are surrounded by a world of dry bones, are we not? A world where death and despair are all too present. A world where many have simply lost hope. The demands of providing for a family, the demands of the boss, the demands of the day-to-day -day life, of family, of children, and of all the complexities and hardships that life can bring upon someone at times, it's easy for many to feel like they're living, if you will, in a valley of dry bones, a place where there is no hope, a place where only the breath of God can bring life and hope. As we think about this passage in light of our world today and church universal today, and again, remember that these dry bones symbolize the nation of Israel, let us pray that the breath of God would breathe on us fresh, and anew. Let our prayer be, church, God breathe on us so that we can see and know firsthand that your presence restores, that your presence brings hope, and that your presence brings life. Oh God, how we need you to breathe on our families today, how we need you to breathe on the church today, and how we need God to breathe his breath on the world today. 
Last week, Wade Wallace from Green Bethel read a long passage out of 2 Corinthians. I want to mention one verse. It was 2 Corinthians 5.20, and it says, So we who are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us, we beseech you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. I present to you this morning that if we are representatives of God today, there are many times where we are representative of the breath of God. We speak of the fact that we are his hands and we are his feet and we are his voice. And so if that be the case, why can't we also say that at times we are the breath of God? Church, let us pray that God would use us as his people, use us to breathe his breath into our world today. Use us to be your breath, God, in our homes and in our schools and in our places of work, in our streets and in our community, in our state, in our nation and in our world. Before we see the breath of God in the state house, in the White House, we need to experience God in our house. Amen. Amen. God, breathe on us and help us to represent you that we breathe on all we come in contact with. Breathing is natural. And may Christ be so much a part of us that when people leave our presence, they smell the breath of God. I want to make a statement. A lot of Christians today have bad breath. Amen. A lot of times our words and the way we say the words that we say do not represent the breath of God. I wish there was a spiritual breath mint, spiritual breath mint that we could just kind of pop in and we could kind of just breathe the the breath of God. Um, My hope in prayer, church, is that you and I and that we as Boiling Springs Baptist Church can breathe the breath of God into our homes into our church, into our community, and ultimately into our state and into our world. May our bones be alive, not just physically, but spiritually, filled with the ruach, filled with the breath of God. Let's sing the song that's in your bulletin, Breathe On Me.
Thank you. Now, if you will, look at John 11 for just a few moments this morning before we head on our way. John 11, and it's on page 935. The words will not be on your screen, but on page 935 in the Pew Bible, or you can find it there in your own. But John 11, 34 through 44. The two stories today challenge everything we know about life and death, both literally and metaphorically. Today we have a foreshadowing of what is to come over these next several weeks of April. Next Sunday, we'll walk through the whole gospel story with Celebrate Life. I'll greatly look forward to that. Something I failed to mention earlier, the balcony will be closed next Sunday. And so that's another reason I mentioned what I did about the seating down here and going to the middle and, and being aware of others who may be trying to find a seat. But we will be sharing communion in the Lord's Supper next Sunday. And so we can do that uh, in the time frame that, that the musical allows for us to do that much easier if we were all down on the main floor here. And so please be mindful of that next Sunday. The two passages this morning remind us that God has acted and that he still acts to revive his people and to draw them into closer fellowship with him. If you'll look with me in John 11, verses 34 through 44. Let me back, give you a little bit of the background. We've had Lazarus. Uh, They sent word to Jesus who was some time away. When Jesus finally arrived uh, at Mary and Martha's home there in Bethany, Lazarus has now been dead for four days. And we pick up in verse 34. He said, where have you laid him? And they said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. If you're looking to memorize scripture, that's a good one to start. It's two words. Verse 36, so the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Verse 38, then Jesus deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone lay upon it. And Jesus said, take away the stone, Martha. The sister of the dead man, uh, Martha, the sister of the dead man said to him, Lord, by this time there will be an odor for he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, did I not tell you that if, if you would believe you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. I knew that thou hearest me always, but I have said this on account of the people standing by that they may believe that thou didst send me. When he had said this, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out, his hands and his feet bound with bandages and his face wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. Much as all those present near the tomb of Lazarus heard Jesus speak, and not only Jesus spoke, but he spoke words of resurrection, words that bring life. My hope and prayer is that we, as a church, that as we move deeper into April, that we will hear God speak words of life and resurrection into our lives as believers, calling forth what is dead to life once again. And may we hear testimony of how the living, breathing spirit of God is doing his work of resurrections and work of resurrection in those who moved from no relationship with Jesus into now a relationship with Jesus that is filled with life and hope in the spirit of God. May we hear God working and moving among those where we have said they're going to have to hit a dead end before things ever get better. My hope and prayer is that people over these next several weeks in April, and not only these next several weeks, but over the next, over the near future of our church, as people come into our worship, as people relate with the people of Boiling Springs Baptist Church, that the breath of God would so heavily breathe upon them that it would bring about renewal, renewal among the faithful, 
And it would bring others who are far from Christ into a new relationship with Christ where there's hope and where there's a sense of purpose and meaning, not only in this life, but hope for the next. And may it radically change the lives of all of us who come into the presence of God. May God work among those who have said they're going to have to hit a dead end for things to get any better. Father, we thank you for your word today. Your word is so much more powerful than any words that I could add to them. God, we're grateful for the illustration, the, uh, the story of the dry bones in Ezekiel 37, what that meant for the people of Israel and what that still means for your people today. We're grateful for the story of Lazarus that reminds us that, Father, whatever area of our lives may be deadened unto you or where, whatever the lives are in the lives of others, Father, who are far from you and who are dead to the things of Christ, that, Father, resurrection can happen. Life, breath can come in to dry bones and change the course of the history for their lives. Father, breathe into our dry bones this morning, our areas that have become hard or dead or dry unto you and to your spirit. Breathe into us afresh and anew and help us to experience your presence in new and incredible ways. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. We're gonna sing an old favorite of mine, Just a Closer Walk with Thee. That is my prayer for the faithful, for the church, and that is my prayer for those who are far from Christ is that each of us, no matter where we are on the journey of faith, that we can all pray together the desire to have just a close walk with thee. If you're here this morning, and maybe you feel like right now you're living in the valley of dry bones and you need to pray, you need someone to pray for you, I'll be glad to do that. Maybe you just need to come and pray at the altar yourself. The altar is open. If today you desire church membership, come during this hymn, and I would love to talk with you about that. Let's stand and sing, and let's pray this hymn together, just a closer walk with thee.